0: The rest of us young people can stay in here and open up to the Gospel of John chapter 15. <clears throat> it's Sunday morning. It's a great day in the Lord. Sit back and relax. Let the Lord bless you. <clears throat> uh, we're going to continue our time of study and about prayer. And last week we pretty much talked about the, the fact that God has opened the door to communicate with him, so why shouldn't we do it? Why wouldn't we do it, right? So kind of, hope, kind of a, I guess, guess easing our way into talking about uh, prayer and our communication with God as a church family and how, how that would relate to our personal lives and how we can help one another along the way. In fact, the idea behind this uh, message series is that we would hopefully uh, seek the Lord in getting more tuned into our prayer time and uh, having a a better or even a more of an understanding of what it means to talk to God and why and how and the benefits and the results and the consequences and and so on so today I want to look a little bit at the power of prayer right question pop quiz Raise your hand if you want your prayers to be powerful. Yeah, See, you didn't even have to say nothing. It was nice and easy. I always want God to hear me, right? I always want God to respond to what I talk to him about. I also would like for God to respond in the way that I want him to respond. How many of y'all know that don't always happen, right? That's just the way it is, all right? We're not always getting our prayers answered the way we want them to be answered. And I think sometimes even the believers will, will think to themselves that a powerful prayer is God doing whatever they pray about in the way that they pray it, the prayer. Whatever I ask God, he'll do it. However, I ask him to do something or however I pray about a certain situation to come out. If God answers my prayer the way I expect him to, then praise the Lord. God is good and my prayers are powerful. How many of you all believe that's the case? I I know y'all don't believe that. Not 100%. It's true in some ways, but it's not true because that's not how God really works, is it? God is not there to serve us. We are there to serve him. So, we have to orient our prayers in a way that would allow the communication uh, path to be valuable and powerful. First off, we know nobody can survive without prayer, right? Some people say, well, there's a lot of people living in this world that aren't saved, and they live to be 97 years old, and they never talk to God. Do you think they're surviving? They might look healthy. They might have a bunch of stuff. They might have success in this world. But if they never talk to God, it doesn't matter if it's five years or a hundred years. Without talking to God, it's miserable. Ultimately ends with death. Ask yourself, what does it say about a person who never talks to God? Who never talks to the one who gave up his son on the cross so that we can be forgiven i don't i don't want you to think of anybody and and say names in your mind ask yourself about yourself What, what, what would it mean about me if i never ever talked to our father who loves us that much now normally when we talk about the power of prayer and we talk about powerful prayers Sometimes a preacher will come in here and talk about Elijah or Abraham or Moses or somebody that we all know that talked talk to God in a real way and God did some amazing things, right? Well, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to talk about me and you. I'm going to talk about what Jesus said when he was teaching his disciples about the power of prayer. Obviously, we could go to James, Right? We could go to James chapter 5, and we could appropriately say that the prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. Because that's what the scripture says, and that's what's true. I think uh, I lean on that truth. And I pray that God would help me continue to grow and uh, become whatever a righteous man would look like in this body. Because I want my prayers to be heard. Not only the prayers for my own needs or desires, but I want my prayers to be heard over y'all. When I'm praying for you guys, when I'm praying for your families, when I'm praying for people I don't even know, I want God to hear those prayers. Isn't that that what we want? What kind of God would would we... We wouldn't even worship a God who didn't respond to us like that. I know that God is faithful, right? And James tells us, he says, look, the prayer of a righteous man fails mouth. Well, we have to understand what a righteous man is. We have to understand what a person who's in righteousness looks like. If you really genuinely want your prayers to be heard, or, or you just want to say your prayers and then go on about your life worrying about the things that you just told God about. You can do it that way, but I suggest you don't because that's not healthy. So here's where we go to John chapter 15. All right, let's read through this, just the first eight verses. You guys who have been studying your scripture uh, already know this part of Jesus' teaching, and I'm not going to read the whole thing today. I want to get this one part to help us understand what a righteous person would look like. First one of chapter 15, he says, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I I am the vine, verse 5. You are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not remain in me, he is like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. Verse 7 and 8, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given to you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. So why, why am I talking about Jesus teaching about the, the vines, the vine and the branches? Why is it important for us to look at this teaching when it comes to figuring out what it means to be a righteous person, man or woman, in Christ, right? Right? Because Jesus is laying it out right here. Jesus is laying it out. Here's what it here's what it means to be saved. Here's what it means to be like me. Here's what it means to have life. Okay? Here's the key thing that we can focus on is verse 7 where he says, If you remain in me and my words remain in you, here it is, ask whatever you wish and it will be given you. Now that particular part is the part that everyone likes to quote right because it's good it's what we want to hear we want to hear our lord our creator we want to hear him say whatever you want you can have it that's what we want to hear now how many of y'all believe that's how it works no because i've asked for a lot of stuff and the answer was no and so have you am i right I've asked, I've asked for wants, nothing happened. I've asked for needs not quite the way I was asking. Sometimes no. I've asked for other people. And as uh, and after I got into preaching and doing ministry, I never realized that I would be uh early on I never realized I would be sitting at hospitals asking God for things that were Super serious in other people's lives. How, how do you lead a family in prayer in that situation, knowing that God might say no? <laughs> right. So how do we do this? How do we how do we can how can we be sure that our prayers are powerful, no matter what God's answers are? We can always walk away confident that our prayers have some power behind them. That's what I'm after. I hope that's what you're after. And it's, and, it's, and it's valuable because when we're out making disciples, we are hopefully praying for the people that we're witnessing to, that God might have his way in their hearts, and that they too might see the light and eventually turn to him and receive Jesus the same way that we did. If it was that easy, if I could just go to God and ask for whatever I wish, And then he'll do it, no matter what. Then everybody would be saved. Everybody I meet would be saved. I'll be standing at Walmart. Pray for that one right there, Lord. Pray for that one over there. Oh, that lady over there, she don't need three of them. Pray for her, too, to be saved. That's not how it works. That's not how it works. I wish it worked that way, but that ain't how it works. So what is Jesus saying? If you ask whatever you wish, it'll be given to you. Well, we have to read all of it, what he's saying, don't we? Let me, let me go through, first thing, let me go through the guaranteed factors in this whole thing. So we're looking for where, where is the power found and how can we tap into the power? Those are the two things we're searching for. Here's the thing. The first guarantee factor in this whole deal is where the power is found. Right? The power is in Jesus, isn't it? The power is in God and his kingdom. The power is in the Holy Spirit that lives in us. That's where the power is. So if we want the power to affect our prayers, then guess where where our prayers have to be? They have to be in the kingdom. They have to be in Christ. They have to be in the Holy Spirit. They have to be about the Father's business. He says, remain in me, and here's a promise right here, y'all. He says, I will remain in you. Now, guess who's never going to fail on this deal? (laughs) Jesus said, I will remain in you. Now, will Jesus always remain in me? What if I come along one day and just say, you know what? I don't believe Jesus anymore. I don't want Jesus anymore. Will he remain in me? No, that's why it says, if you remain in me, I will remain in you right it's it's the way god has laid it out jesus has never failed us god has always been faithful if jesus said he will remain in us then it's going to be so all i had to do is focus on focus on self and where am i standing you ever thought about your prayer life that way i mean we pray a lot i think most of us in this room we pray a lot i don't know about y'all online but i think the most of us in this room we pray a lot i know i know so because y'all talk about it a lot you, t- you share with each other your, your concerns and your, and your, and your praises and, and all the things that are going on in life. And you talk about each other's prayer life and, and the needs that we have. And we lift them up to God together sometimes. We're looking for righteousness, aren't we? If we're looking to be in line with James. So what does it mean to be righteous? Well, verse 1 says, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. Jesus is saying, I'm the truth. I am righteousness. I'm the vine. And if you want to be part of my righteousness, then you got to get connected to the vine. Hello? This, side of the, this corner of the room understands. <laughs> I know y'all do, but let's, let's get excited about what the Lord's done for us, right? We're looking for righteousness, not my righteousness. It's obvious to the world... That my righteousness is worth nothing. It's so obvious to the world that it's in uh, Romans. <laughs> We've all fallen short. Nobody can stand before God on his own. Right? So, what, what righteousness am I have to pursue? The righteousness of Christ. The truth of Christ. I have to stand and be connected to Jesus. That's the first step toward the prayer of a righteous man or woman, to be connected to the vine. Seems simple, doesn't it? It does seem simple, but easier said than done. Let's talk about the variable now. There's there's the guarantee, and then there's the variable. Guess who's the variable? <laughs> say me, I am, raise your hand, it's me. You can say it like this, it's me, that's me. That's the way it is. We're the variable because we can't we can't stay true like Jesus did. We're not perfect. As hard as we try in our own strength, we will never stay where we're supposed to stay. And as long as that's the way it is, whenever I try to talk to God, I'm gonna have a disconnect. Because not I'm not a vine that's, I'm not a branch that's connected to the vine. I'm one that's been cut off and thrown away, and I'm withering. Hello? Because I'm not connected to the life source. I'm not connected to the power of the kingdom of God. I'm not connected to what makes things happen. If y'all are praying for me, by the way, I want y'all's prayers to be powerful. Because I need it. I don't know if that's selfish or not but I'm just saying it to y'all maybe that's encouragement I don't know so verse 7 let's look at this real quick verse 7 if you remain in me and my words remain in you stop right there for a minute because we we, we'll get to the good part in a minute let's get to the challenging part right now because we're the variable so how do, we, how do we overcome the variable so that this thing works the way Jesus says it works? So that we're connected to the vine in a way that not only impacts our own personal life and spiritual growth, but impacts the lives of, of our brothers and sisters in Christ and impacts the world for Christ. Isn't that the goal? I don't want my prayers to be powerful just so I can have everything I want. I want my prayers to be powerful because I want people healed and I want people saved. Not because that's what I want, because it's what glorifies God. So the first thing that we need to focus on and seek the Lord in and ask his help in is if you remain in me. What does it mean to remain in Christ? This is like I could preach a whole nother sermon just on this right here. God, like, please. When we pray, almost every time I've prayed with another believer, we always say what at the end of the prayer? In Jesus' name, amen. I think it's appropriate. I, think I do it all the time. I don't know that it's wrong if it doesn't happen, but I think that it's appropriate to remind us of who we're going to the Father covered in. Right? We're in the presence of God covered by the blood of Christ. We are in Christ. The Spirit of God is living in us because of our faith that Jesus is Christ and Lord. We've repented. We've been baptized for the forgiveness of our sins. We have the gift of the Holy Spirit. We have been invited into the presence of God. Hebrews uh, will teach us that. So, how do we overcome the variable? You've got to stay in Christ. This ain't a once-saved-always-saved deal, y'all. You're either in Christ or you're not, and there's no checking in and checking out. When we commit ourselves to the Lord, we say, Lord, I want you to be Lord, and I want you to be Savior. And that whole process of salvation that I just went through is a lifestyle commitment. It's who we are. It's what we become. There's no, uh, I'm going to take Saturdays off. I'm not going to be a believer on Saturdays. It do not work that way. You can't go running your mouth in traffic at people who are cutting you off and then turn around and get on the phone with somebody and be a blessing to them. In the name of the Lord. I mean, it happens. Praise God for grace and repentance, right? I'm with y'all. <laughs> I've been there. With God's help, we're getting over it, Right? But we got to stay in Christ. Even even when we don't feel like being uh, right, we have to stay in Christ. That's why we need the Lord. That's why the Spirit of God is there to say, uh, excuse me, that we don't do this. You know what I'm talking about. Y'all been there. Spirit of God has tapped you right on the shoulder and said, uh, 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 I know what you're thinking, but we're not doing that. And if you're paying attention, you'll say, okay. And if you're paying attention and it's hard to not do that then you will flee as fast as whatever shoes you're wearing will let you flee right because you got to get away from the temptation to get outside of what christ wants you to do and how he wants you to live being in christ means you're covered by the blood you have the indwelling of the spirit you're walking in the spirit you're paying attention to the spirit you're all in you're fully committed and you're totally surrendered to him as lord that's what it means to be in christ It means that Jesus is living in you and you as the the old sinner person is long gone dead and been buried in the waters of baptism, right? So when I show my ugly face around, the Spirit of God's like, what are you doing here? (laughs) Right? You don't live here no more. And then look at the second part of what I read in verse 7. He says, if you remain in me and my words remain in you can't have one without the other, can you? Jesus said, went, went to the disciples, he said, look, I'm going I'm to go be with the Father and I'm going I'm to leave, but you're not going to be alone. I'm going to give you another counselor. He's going he's to lead you, he's going to guide you, he's going to teach you, he's going to rebuke you, he's going to help you, he's going to comfort you, and so on. You will not be alone. The Spirit of God works hand in hand with the Word of God. There's no way for me to know if it's the Spirit of God or Satan himself who's talking to me and leading me if, it, if I don't know the Word of God. It's got to agree with the Word of God. You notice when Jesus was tempted after his baptism, he went into the wilderness. He was taken into the wilderness and he was tempted three times. And all three times he said to Satan, uh, thus saith the Lord. We're not doing that. Because Satan was trying to take scripture and either leave something out or twist it around to make it something it wasn't. And Jesus was like, uh, 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 I know the word better than you. We're not doing that. And if you want to be in Christ and you want your, powers, the, the power, uh, your prayers powerful, you have to know his word. You have to have it planted in your heart. I don't mean just read it. I don't mean just study it. I don't mean just memorize it. Those things are great because they have to happen for you to have it planted in your heart for the spirit of god to have something to work with but you have to let this word get past your mind and then get into your heart too many people spend too much time trying to figure out in their mind what this word says and what it means and we have all these arguments and debates about well it means this i think it means that the greek word says this well the hebrew word says. just read this word and let god help you find the truth I'm not saying don't use your mind. I'm saying let the word get in here so God has something to work with. I don't know about you, but I've been in plenty of situations. It's so amazing. It amazes me every time. Plenty of situations, whether it's temptation or hardship or, 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 or mountaintop experiences, and the Lord will bring scripture to my mind. And it's exactly what needs to happen in that moment i'm so grateful when that happens during the times of temptation i'm grateful when that happens when there's situations where it's like well it's not really sinful it's not obvious sometimes temptation and sin ain't obvious to us but to the word of god and the spirit of god it's super obvious and the spirit of god has a way of making it obvious to you if you're paying attention so what does all this have to do with the powerful prayer? What does all this have to do with praying for the cancer patients that we have on our list or the patients that we have in our homes or the troubles that we have in the mailbox because the bills are due or the prayers we have over the virus or just the prayers that we have that nobody ever knows about? What does all this have to do with any of those prayers, right? Well, Jesus says that if you... are if you- You remain in me and my words remain in you. What does he say? Ask whatever you wish and it will be given you. Well. All right, then. I mean, that's what I'm talking. That's where I want to be, isn't it? I mean, y'all are looking at me like, come on, preacher. (laughs) That's where I want to be because that's the will of God. Hello. There's the key. That's the key to the whole thing. Our Father, who art in heaven, right? Remember Jesus taught the guys how to pray? He taught them, he told them, he's like, hey, they were like, hey, we want to talk to God the way you do. And he's like, okay, well, here's the way you do it. And in the middle of that, he says, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's hard to say amen to. Because we want to say it. Everything in us is like, hey, amen, that's right. Because Jesus said it. But then In the back of our minds, we got those situations that we didn't get things the way we thought we wanted to or the prayers weren't answered exactly the way we hoped. Things didn't just work out right in our minds. God's no was a little too hard to swallow or God's yes was a little too hard to swallow. And we know that it's God's will. And we know we had to accept it, just like when David got himself in trouble because he wasn't where he was supposed to be, staying home, got himself in trouble with another man's wife, and then ended up losing the baby over it. The man fell on his face before God, asking God to spare the baby, and the answer was no. And it says that David got up and went and sat down and started eating supper, and went on about his business, because he accepted God's will. Hello? You want powerful prayers? got to be in line with God's will how does how do I get my prayers in line with God's will how do I know what God's will is I don't know how many people's asked me that question I'm like oh, I'm trying to figure that out too but well, you're the preacher all I know is let's read the word of God together and we'll talk to God about it and ask him to reveal it to us right because I'm not always right about it but I know where to go to get what I need right I get on my knees, put my face in this book and wait for God to show me what, what what's right and what's wrong and what his will is. I can tell you this, I didn't know it was God's will for me to stand up here and preach sermons every Sunday. If you'd have told me that 25 years ago, I'd have probably been laughing for a day or two. And so would all my friends. Right? I'm just an old hammer-swinging truck driver, y'all. That's all I ever did. Build houses, drive forklifts, drive trucks, whatever I could do. And then suddenly, I meet the Lord, I'm in Christ, and here we go. I've always got it right now. I'm a work in progress like everybody else. I'm just trying to to be a righteous man so that my power, my prayers are powerful. That's all I'm trying to do. Because God has called us all to go and make disciples. That's what I know. That's what I know his will is. That we would go out and make disciples. So even our prayer list about our sick people is all about making disciples. That's the model that, of prayer that Jesus laid out. Go to the Father. Talk about making disciples. And oh, by the way, can you handle these problems... For me, so that I can focus on making disciples. Because our loved ones are sick and they're suffering and we don't like to see that. And besides that, sometimes when you're sick and suffering, it takes you off of the mission field. And God would rather you be on the mission field. Sometimes the mission field is your sick bed. Sometimes God intends for you to be making disciples while you're laying in your sick bed remember psalm 23 the lord is my shepherd i shall not want somewhere in there he says he makes me lie down in green pastures the way it was taught to me is that the shepherd sometimes has to make the sheep lay down where the green grass is so that they won't keep running off where there's no green grass guess how that shepherds would do that hello he'd break his little leg so he couldn't get up seems it seems rough but that's what they did And and while that uh, little lamb was healing, he would have to lay right there in the grass where the green grass is next to the shepherd. So by the time that the legs healed up, he didn't want to run off nowhere. He was used to being where the shepherd was. Sometimes the Lord has to make us lay down in what's right and what's good because we're too stubborn to listen to his Holy Spirit leading us. Right? That's why I said we're the variable. We have a hard time being the righteous man or woman. Not because we don't love Jesus, not because uh, 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 we don't really want God's will. It's just because there's there's this battle goes on in us about what we want versus what God really wants. And we have this, we talk about this in Sunday school, we have this amazing ability to make, to justify our behavior, to make our desires God's desires. Surely God, surely God would want me to have this because it blesses me. Surely God loves me. That's a lie straight from Satan. If it's leading you away from his will, right? Because let me tell you this, not every person I've ever prayed for in the hospital survived or got healed. Not every person I ever prayed for to be saved were saved before they left this world. Not every bill I ever paid for, prayed for got paid. That ain't God's fault. That's my fault. God always provided for me. If I had problems, that's because I wasted what he provided for me. So I got to go to the Lord and say, can you help me with the bills? And he's like, I already done that. Right? That's just the way it is. I mean, hardship happens. I'm not saying everybody has got bill problems is failing. I'm just saying hardship happens. God always... Bails me out, even though it's my fault. Sometimes uh, I have to adjust my attitude in accepting the way he bails me out sometimes. James tells us the prayer of the righteous man is powerful. As far as the church is concerned, as a body of Christ or a body of believers, when we come together in prayer, it should be be an earth-shaking experience if we're in Christ if the spirit of God is living in all of us and our hearts are for God's will to be done in the lives of our uh, fellow believers and the community when we come together and we pray for the neighbors down the street that aren't going to church or the ones that are suffering from loss or the people that just are lost in this world because of whatever's going on and the church comes together and brings it to God it should be an earth-shattering experience for people something should happen Remember when Jesus uh, was resurrected? It says the guy it says all the all the disciples were praying about things. Right? And then the ladies come back and they're like, "Hey, Jesus ain't in the grave anymore." And they're like, whatever. That was mostly because they were women and they didn't really believe him, but they were praying about what to do. They were asking God where to go. Same thing happened when Peter w- was in prison and that, that the church was praying for him. Remember that? And then Peter was like out in the middle of the street. And they're all, hey, Peter's free. And they're like, no, that didn't happen. Are we praying? Are we, are we talking to God about things and expecting things to happen or not? Are we, are we praying that God would bring people into this church so they could get saved? Is that what we're praying for? Because if that's the way we're praying, we need to be ready for his will to be done. However that looks. Right? Whatever that means. Whatever has to happen for people to get saved, that's what we want because that's what God wants. I'm going to finish uh, chapter 8, verse 8. It says, this is to my Father's glory that you would bear much fruit. Jesus is saying that he wants our prayers to be so powerful because it bears fruit for the kingdom of God. Don't you love it? Don't you love it when Jesus teaching and all the rest of the disciples, they teach you about great things about God and how we can be so connected to God and our prayers can be powerful and we can be great in the kingdom of God for God, but it's really all about God. It's nothing about us. It's not about me at all, ever. Because I'm part of the kingdom of God, because I'm part of the vine as a believer, same as you, because we're part of the vine, we just get the blessing along the way. Because it's all about God glorifying God. The kingdom of God being glorified in all of creation. That's where the power is, y'all. Let's evaluate our prayer time. Let's evaluate how we talk to God, why we talk to God, what's our motive, what's behind it, what are we after in the end? What does God want in this situation? It, it, even, even the smallest thing, even the smallest prayer for your, for your, your brother in Christ or your sister in Christ, Maybe we're praying for the young people to get through school, or whatever the case is. We have to say, what is the motive? Why, why are we talking? Why are we bringing this to God? Are we bringing this to God because we want our selfish uh, needs uh, and wants answered? We just we just want to be satisfied, or are we bringing it to God because it belongs to Him and it glorifies Him when He responds to it? Because here's the thing: whether it's healing sickness whether it's saving souls, whether it's solving problems, whether it's giving strength and weakness, or whether it's knocking us down when we, we get too proud of ourselves, all of it is God correcting what's wrong, and it glorifies him. All of it is showing the world who he is and what he's about. That's Genesis chapter 3. It always keeps going back to that. Adam and Eve made a decision, and God came in and said, Look, everything's broken now because y'all can't act right. But don't worry about it, I can fix it. And I will fix it. We can't break something so bad that God can't fix it. Hello? Y'all say praise the Lord right then because you should look in the mirror and say, well, thank God for that because I really did a job on myself. I'm telling you, I I mean, I I think about sometimes, I think about who I used to be before I knew the Lord, and that's just, like, amazing. It's amazing that I even survived that. Here it is right here and I'll finish. If you don't hear nothing else, hear this right here. If we remain in him, he will remain in us. You want powerful prayers, you want the power of the kingdom of God involved in your communication with God, it has to be his way, it has to be according to his will, it has to be for his purposes, it has to be all about glorifying God. It can it can be about those other things too, but it has to be those things first. The bottom line is to be in Christ is to be about the Lord's business. And to have prayers like a righteous man that availeth much, you have to be about the Lord's business. To pray powerful prayers is to be in Christ. I love you. The Lord loves you. He wants to hear from you. Jesus died so that we can talk to him and he can talk to us. Sometimes the power in our prayer comes from listening and responding. Sometimes the power in our prayers is just waiting for his will to be revealed in our life, in our church. Because I'm going to let you know, God's plans are always way better than mine. I might have a few good plans It's like, oh, that would, that would be awesome if we did that. But sometimes God does some way better things than I do. Right? And next thing you know, if we become uh, more and more powerful on our prayer time and as as believers more and more in Christ together and more and more uh, seeking and pursuing God's will, you will be amazed at how many people will come out of these woods and these mountains seeking the Lord and wanting to be saved. And you're going to sit back and say, we don't know where all these people came from. And it's not because we're a great church or we're awesome people or anything like that. It's because the power of our prayers are effective. And that's what I ask from you. And that's what I hope you expect from me, that we would together seek the Lord and have powerful prayers, right? So if you're not saved, that's where you start. You can't can't have powerful prayers if you don't know the Lord, if you haven't given yourself over to the Lord and accepted uh, his grace and his forgiveness received his gift of his holy spirit that's where it starts we're going to sing a song as we always do and now's the time for anybody to come forward that needs to be saved or wants to be saved or both right and uh, sing a song like you're saved sing a song like somebody died for you and every time you seek the lord and talk to the lord you'll want you to think about the words of jesus ask whatever you wish and he'll give it to you let's stand together and sing